Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, welcome everyone in Sydney. How are you all doing? Welcome to those in our Hills family and also our Penrith family today. My prayers are with you, Bonnie and I are standing firm as we trust our God for our future and our children, our families, our church. And today I'm bringing a message of hope about that fact of trusting God. Um, We're wrapping up our series called How to Live, Living a Life with No Regrets. If you're new with us, this is week five. So we've had four other weeks where we've talked about the life of Jeremiah based on the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is a bit of a scary dude, right? It's a bit of a scary story in Scripture. He brings this message of repentance and says God's punishment is coming. But today we're going to shift gears and we're going to bring some hope and encouragement as we close out our series together. If you knew, Jeremiah was a prophet. He brought the word of the Lord for 40 years to the children of Israel It was based around the year 570 BC. And in his 40 years of consistent ministry, he didn't waver, he didn't bail, he stayed convicted with his preaching and the word of the Lord. He showed this tremendous display of faithfulness, courage and hope. Even in this time of great disappointment and fear and uncertainty and opposition, and even when there were small results, he stayed the course and stayed firm. Jeremiah 32, verse 2, is where we're going to start our message today. Jerusalem was then under siege from the Babylonian army, and Jeremiah was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard of the royal palace. So Babylon was about to invade Jerusalem. Judah, one of the tribes that was defending Jerusalem, were hopelessly outclassed militarily. Um, Babylon was, was a superpower of the day. They had far better artillery and slingshots and methods to besiege a city and overcome and bring down the walls and open up the gates. And it was a blackest time, the darkest time, the most hopeless time, really, in Israel's history. Defeat, it was inevitable. Might have been a day or two, maybe a week at the most, but the city would be plundered. There was no hope at all. Let's continue on in verse 6. At the same time, the Lord sent a message and he said, This is a message to um, Jeremiah. Your cousin, Hanamel, son of Shalem, will come to you and say, buy my field in Anathoth. Verse 9. So I bought the field in Anathoth, paying Hanamel 17 pieces of silver for it. I signed and sealed the deed and purchased before witnesses, weighed out the silver and paid him. So Jeremiah's in prison. 
Uh, he's been accused of collaborating with the enemy, which was a false charge, but there was no prospects, no, no pathway, no legal system, no judge to get out. And all of a sudden, his cousin shows up and says, mate, I, I, got, a, I got a deal for you, you know. I, I got this bargain. And here's where it gets really crazy. When he was buying this land in prison that his cousin had brought, the Babylonians, the army, were camped on it. It was about three kilometres north of Jerusalem. So the Babylonian army is camped on this. Why on earth? Would you buy a property while in jail that you could never use that someone else is occupying? One word, one word for all of us today, hope. The word hope, verse 17. Jeremiah hears these words from the Lord. There is hope in your future. Come on, church, let that sink into us today. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, your children will again, well, sorry, will come again to their own land. How do you maintain hope in a time that seems hopeless? How do you keep hope in your heart when we live in a hopelessly broken world? Maybe you can relate today. You've hoped you'd get that promotion. And COVID has had us locked down. Uh, you'd hoped that person you'd loved would stick by you. And they bailed, they, they walked out on you. you. You'd hoped your son and your daughter would follow Christ passionately, but they're wavering, they're, they're kind of lost, that you don't know where they're at spiritually. You, you hope lockdown would end. <laughs> it's still going on. <laughs> You hope we'd meet in person. You'd hope we'd sing some songs. You hope we'd shake some hands and have some hugs. You, you, we'd hoped so much, right? Surely, finally, we hoped. You'd hoped your dreams would be fulfilled. You hoped you'd be married by now. You hoped you'd have kids by now. You, you hoped you'd be retired by now. You hoped you wouldn't have to work. You, you hoped you'd have your own home. All of these hopes that we put our heart onto. So what is hope? Well, hope is a personal thing in which my expectation is centred. Hope is something you put your expectation into. Hopelessness is the feeling that comes with knowing the personal thing which you'd placed your hope in cannot come through. Hope alone is not enough. But what you hope in is what matters. Hope alone is not enough, but what you hope in is what matters. Now, from the day we're born, we put our hope in something. As little kids, we put our hope in our parents. Um, at some point, we grow up and the parents prove unreliable or they start charging us board, <laughs> making us do jobs. And the hope that we'd have a cruisy, easy life as young adults is gone. Suddenly, our hope is dashed, right? Uh, and so then we start to put our hope elsewhere. Hope is like a ladder. We lean against a wall. Hope is something we put the ladder against. We trust to support our dreams, our security, our future. So where is your hope today? Where, where is your hope today? For Jeremiah, his hope was in his God. 
For 40 years, he faithfully kept his hope in his God and the promises God had for his people. Verse 15. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, someday people will again own property here in the land and will buy and sell houses and vineyards and fields. That was a descriptive language of success. Uh, That was a descriptive language of God's blessings and favour and flourishing families. The problem is the older we get, we're more prone to lead our ladders against people and things that promise financial and emotional security. It's true, isn't it? You know, when we're first following Christ, we're so passionate for Him. We're, we're sold out. We'll give up everything. Then later on in life, oh, it's a bit, bit harder to give up everything, to sell all and follow God if He asked that from us. I'm not saying that's what He's asking, but what if He did? What if he asked you to make a direction change in your career, move to another land, change a job, sell all and follow him? The problem is as older we get, we become more self-reliant. We become become more confident in our own ability. Maybe today you look at where is your hope? Your hope's not in Christ. Your hope's in your spouse. Your hope's in your boss. Your hope is in your children. Maybe your hope's in the pastor or the church. Maybe your hope is in the government or the roadmap out of lockdown. I don't know where your hope would be. But if your hope is anywhere other than Christ, your ladder will fall, you will fail, you will be let down. I can honestly do the same As a pastor, you know, as I lead our church, I I can put my hope into what we've done before. I can put my hope into what other churches might be doing. I, I can put my hope into the visions and dreams that I have for our church. I I can put my hope in my ability. I can put my hope in um, you know, a prophecy that was spoken. My hope has to be in my God and can only remain there through a relationship with Him. Where is your hope today? As followers of Christ, our hope can only be, our hope must only be in Christ and Christ alone. There is this beautiful chapter in Romans, chapter 8. It's really the chapter of hope. I I ask all of you, to read Romans 8 this week. Romans 8. Think about it, write it down, read Romans 8. I'll just give you a short verse 21. Sorry, starting 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will reveal to us, the glory He will reveal to us. In other words, what we're going through compared to the hope that we have, it's... it's, it's, insignificant. It's trivial. It's irrelevant. I know that's hard when a lot of people are hurting. I I have empathy. I know this is tough. I I know people are going through. But I also know compared to the hope we have of glory in Christ, it's, it's, the Bible says it's nothing. But with eager hope, the creation, not just us, but the creation, 
looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. We have a hope in our future with God. We have a hope in our God will return. We have our hope that Christ will come back for His bride. We have a hope that we will spend eternity in heaven. We have a hope that we will live without pain or or, or suffering. We have a hope in our God that is eternal. It is forever. That's why when someone passes from this life who knows God, we can have hope we will see them. We have hope we will live together for eternity with them. That's the hope that we have of every believer. And honestly, we need to keep our eyes on eternity and on that hope because so often we put our eyes on the present and the pain and our hope on ourselves or on others. Jeremiah had a hope for the future. That hope caused him to buy a field for $17. He bought a field for 17 bucks. His decision looked foolish at the time. It was against history, against reason, against public opinion. He didn't buy the field on the advice of a broker, but on the leading of God. And when our hope is in God, that allows Him to lead us. That allows us to make decisions that don't make sense to others. I remember when Bonnie and I stepped into ministry. We were building at the time and doing very well, and we made a big career change to be a pastor. I was a bit hesitant, to be honest, because I kind of know pastors don't get paid a lot, right? And we'd done pretty well in building, and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And we decided to go into pastoring. And when I told my family, I thought they would be so excited. When I told my friends, I thought they would high five and cheer me because of my career change. They were like, what are you thinking? You're an idiot. (laughs) You don't get any money. There's no security. You know, the church could close tomorrow. People could leave. I'm like, hang on a minute. I thought I heard from God. I had my hope in God. I had my trust in the purpose that God had given me. Now all of a sudden I'm getting all this negativity, right? And I'm like, did I really hear from God? You know, was that just a, a bad pizza? Or was that just having, you know, Mexican food the night before? And I, I didn't hear properly and I was starting to worry and God had to take me on a journey of putting my hope in Him and Him alone, not in people, not in opinions. And when your hope is in God, it might cause you to do crazy things. It might cause you to buy a field for $17 that no one wants. Jeremiah stepped out in faith and did something that no one would in prison. He buys a field that the enemy is on, knowing that he's about to be overthrown. Crazy. What's God asking you to do is your hope is in Him. Maybe He's asking you to do something crazy, maybe to change your career, maybe to start studying, start studying God's Word through a Bible college that we have in our Hills location. Maybe He's asking you to sell something to give away to the poor, or maybe He's asking you to join a life group, to get in a prayer meeting, to gather with other believers, to commit to something for His kingdom. What what is God leading you? Or what is God asking you to stop? Maybe end a toxic relationship, stop feeding on social media. 
fake news, you know, stop putting your hope and, and your focus um, on the government's roadmap. What is God asking you to do to put your hope in Him? For Jeremiah, it was buy a field for $17. I just think that is the coolest thing to do. Um, you know, it it's challenges me as, our, uh, as pastoring and leading our, our church. What is God challenging us to do where we can grow? We can expand. We can reach more people. We can preach the gospel. We can start a ministry. We can go somewhere we haven't gone online. We, we can open doors for the, the Great Commission to see the gospel preach and people saved. Some of you today, you've lost your hope. You've lost your mojo. This lockdown has been severe for weeks and weeks and weeks, you're just feeling depressed, disillusioned. Can I inject some faith into you today? Can I give you a dose of hope? You like that dose? Everyone's getting dose right. Can I give you a dose of hope? The hope that we find in Christ, the hope that our future is in Him. I want to speak a prophetic word over you today, over our church and over your family. It's the same prophetic word that Jeremiah spoke over Judah in verse 37. I believe this is for us today. Yes, this is God's message. I will certainly bring this huge catastrophe on this people it's kind of the bad news. You know, we've gone through COVID, right? It's, it's inevitable, it's happened and we're not out of it by any means. But here's the hope today. I pray you would latch onto it with all of your heart. I pray it would stir your faith today. But I will also usher in a wonderful life of prosperity. I promise, says the Lord. Fields are going to be bought here again. Yes, in this very country that you assume is going to end up desolate, gone to the dogs, unlivable, wrecked by the Babylonians. Yes, people will buy farms again and legally with deeds of purchase, sealed documents, proper witnesses. And right here in the territory of Benjamin and in the area around Jerusalem, around the village of Judea and in the hill country, the Sheplar and in Negev, I will restore. Come on, church, let's, let's read this. Let's study this. Let this stir hope in your heart. I will restore everything that was lost. God's decree as we look forward and we see a way out and a pathway out of lockdown. I pray as a church, we hang on to this truth that I will restore everything that was lost, that our families will flourish, our relationships will grow, our, our churches will build, our salvations will come, people will be changed by the power of God. As we look forward, we put our hope in God, not in circumstances. We put our hope in Christ, not in a government. We put our hope in the promises of the Lord, not in our own abilities. Our best days are ahead. They're, they're not behind. We have a future. 
future. It's a good future. We can look at the life of Jeremiah as he went before us. He stayed faithful and courageous and hope-filled and we, church, will do the same. I'll wrap up with this story as I finish. At the end of Jeremiah's life, the Babylonians had actually come in and taken over Jerusalem. And the Israelites were now prisoners and they were forced to march a thousand kilometres over the hot plains of Egypt to this big city. Five miles out of the city, King Nebuchadnezzar singles out Jeremiah and he gives a choice. He says, look, Jeremiah, you've got two options. Number one, you can continue to Egypt. You'll receive a special allowance from the king, protection, food and clothing and housing, or I'll release you to go back to Jerusalem, back to where there's no security, no job, no income, no, no place to live. It's like starting over. So in Scripture, Egypt kind of refers to an easy, safe, soft life of retirement where there's a pension, he'll be honoured by the Babylonian court, protected by the king, recognised by the most powerful kingdom on the planet at the time. Basically today it's putting your hope in this world, putting your hope in your own ability, putting your hope on what you see. Jerusalem was the hard life where there was no security and full of uncertainty where he was often faced ridicule and rejection, but he had a chance to build God's kingdom. He had a chance to sow into the promises of prosperity that God had given him, to be obedient to the calling, to basically put his hope in God. So Jeremiah, five k's out of the, the great city of Egypt, was faced with this decision, do I go on to ease and comfort and put my hope in the world? Or do I say, no, I'm going back to the calling that's on my life to build the Kingdom of God in Jerusalem where my hope is in my God. 2,500 years later, you and I have that same choice. We can put our hope in our God and pursue His purpose and plans for our life or we can put our hope in this world. But remember, wherever you put your hope, it's like that ladder, that's where you'll end up putting your confidence in. And whatever you put your ladder on will determine where you end up. As we've already found out in Scripture, there's only one place to put your ladder. There's only one place to put your hope and that's in Jesus Christ. I'm so proud of Jeremiah. At 65 years of age, he boldly told Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going back to build the Kingdom of God in Jerusalem. We've all been through a hard time with lockdown and COVID and it's not over. We don't know what the other side looks. But here's what we do know. Our God is a good God. He's given us promises that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's given us promises we raise our children in the ways of the Lord, they will not depart from it. He's given us promises that He'll restore everything that the enemy has stolen. He's a good God, a God of promises, a God of deliverance, a God of power. I pray today as you look at your life, it would be filled with hope. Hope not just in what God can do in your life today, but hope in our future eternity with God. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for the hope we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank You that our hope isn't based in something that's temporary. Our hope isn't based in something that's trivial. Our hope is based on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who has victoriously defeated the enemy and the powers of this earth, who rose again on the third day, and we can now be forgiven and saved. 
And maybe some of you out there today as we pray, your hope is not in God. Maybe today you haven't made a decision to even follow God. You don't even know who this God is. Hope in God only can come through a relationship with Him, which is through Jesus Christ. Jesus came and died and rose again so you could know God. You could put your hope in Him. But it starts when you surrender your life to Him. Heaven or hell will be determined by the decision you make of where you put your hope. I pray today you would realise you've got to put your hope in God. There is no other person, place or thing that is worthy of our hope. If you would close your eyes and think about where your hope is today, I'm asking those of you who have not got your hope in God, who don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, today's your day. This is the greatest news ever on planet Earth, the Gospel. Today's your day, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you're at. You can put your hope in Christ. The Bible says you are actually born again. You have a new future. You're a new creation. Let's pray together. Jesus, I am a sinner. I need a Saviour. I put my hope in You. Would You forgive me? Would You change me? Would You help me to follow You all the days of my life? I pray in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those who made that great decision today to follow Jesus as their Lord and their Saviour. God bless you all.